Thank you, Lord. Well, I'm excited as we're continuing on in a series that we started a few weeks ago called Groupie or Group Me. And um, that came out of a thing where, I, as I was observing in our in our culture today, and it's it's not something that just started in our culture. Literally, it actually came back in the 60s is where Groupie came from. And uh, it was where people would just begin to... Fro- you know, throng to places and they would, they would just like, oh, the, whether it's a music group or whether it was a, an actor or actress, they would, they would just, oh, they just had to watch all of their stuff. They had to sing all their songs. They had to buy all their t-shirts. They had to buy all the albums. They would have anything about them. They would know. They could know where they were born, what they did. There was these, you know, four guys that came over across the pond that, you know, I never saw, but there may be somebody in here that maybe have, I don't know. These little beetles or something that people were, were thinking. All, all through the thing, we have it within each one of us. We love to worship something bigger than ourselves. That's what, that's when all of our hearts, that's why whenever we see something, right now we have a, um, thing about to happen. I didn't mention it this morning just because of how many people were here, but, um, there's something about to take place next week, uh, next weekend. Starting on Saturday that, uh, I didn't bring it up because I gotta wait what happens on Saturday. <laughs> Most of you I don't even know what's going on, but it's gonna be the first game of this big season and it's gonna happen. It's a, a clash in Florida that's gonna be taking place. And, uh, there are <laughs> the U, guess it's the UF. And so, uh, we know, um, we know what's gonna be, uh, taking place in there. We just, Know that, no problem. <laughs> we know that's going on. But there are people that are, I, 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 I'm saving that for next week to break that out because there are people that are major groupies that like, woo, they want to buy their shirts, woo, they all there, they will, they will create snacks and everything, get everybody together, ooh, let's watch. And so, groupie comes from a, a place of we celebrate what other people are doing. Where we're just, yay, go! And that's not the church. That's not the church. The church is, we don't watch other people. We're like, hey, put me in, coach. I'm the one. I want to get in there. Let me do something. And so groupie is like it's an enthusiast, uh, an aficionado. It's somebody where we admire very greatly. And we we just think they're the greatest thing. And really, all we know is like what they do. And we're like, so we do celebrate gifts and talents and abilities and others. But not from the standpoint in the church where I, I do celebrate other people's gifts, but I want you to discover yours so you can put those in action. Where we don't sit and watch and go, man, look at that. He, he's doing so great. She is, she's knocking it out. Woo! I want you to go alongside him and say, hey, can I help? Can, can, I want to do that too. Can I do that? Instead of it being so group me, not just a groupie. I don't want you to just celebrate. And every one of you have gifts and talents and abilities. God said so in 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10. He said he's given each one gifts and talents and abilities. And so that's where the church comes in. Is in Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. And he said, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. To the body, right here, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. These are gifts to the church. I'm a gift to the church. And what's the gift for? 
Their responsibility, my responsibility, is not to sit and keep you entertained. <laughs> I try hard, but that ain't, that, ain't my, that ain't my responsibility. My responsibility ultimately is to get you connected to the Lord and connected to each other. I'm really, if I were to break it down to the simplest terms, I'm an usher. That's all I am as an usher. I'm trying to usher you and help you. Hey, is this your place? Is this your gift? Hey, you, man, you look great there. All I'm trying to do is help you find your place in the body and then plug in and start doing it. Because it says, my responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work. This isn't mine. It's His. I'm doing His work just like you're doing His work. And build up the build up the church. Let's be honest. For years, people thought it was the pastor's responsibility to build up the church. And I'm going to tell you, I will build and I'm out there going, but it's not simply up to me. I, I invite people every week. I make sure, and I'm looking for some of them. They're going to, they're going to show up. They just have to break down. I keep telling them, you got to break down the barriers. Look, I promise you, it's not like you think it is. And they you know what they think it is. They've been to those churches and they're like, nobody will welcome me. Nobody will say, like, no, it's not that way. And so I'm not the only one. I need all of us together to help build up the church. That's what my responsibility, my role is to help equip and for us to do that. And so we started a, uh, this morning I did circles are better than rows and we're going to go part two tonight. Life is better in circles than in rows. And what I mean by life is, we are here for a very short time. Like we spend together in these rows, if you were to to add it up, maybe, depending, I've been good at not going long-winded on y'all, but maybe we spend about maybe two and a half to three hours a week in these. Which means there's an awful lot of time that we're not in these. Which means it's much more valuable to get in a circle than it is simply to sit here. They're both important. This is where we come together and we get to hear all of us a message together. But it's ultimately designed for where we, do, where we get to circle up and then look face to face with each other and talk it out. And say, how does this apply to my life? And so life is better in circles. Could you imagine for me, with me for a second, um, if... At home, um, there wasn't a table and you had to eat in one straight line. Remember those growing up? I had a table. There were seven of us. Uh, well, actually nine total with my mom and dad. We all ate around the table every night. My mom made a meal and we said, if they'd have lined all seven of us up, it would probably made life a lot easier for them. But, um, but then everybody wouldn't have access to everything in the middle of the table. Be like, uh oh, we gonna fight for position in a hurry. Like whoever, wherever the fried chicken is, somebody watch out. I ain't moving. Nobody's backing me off. Wherever the mashed potatoes were, uh uh-uh, back it up. If it was spaghetti night, I want the, I want the bowl right here. We're, We're gonna get that. So we all do better when we're circled up. It's just something that God has for us. And there's one thing in the church that Jesus wants more than anything. It's, It's in uh, Matthew 28. We're going to look there for just a little bit. Matthew 28, verse 18. He's checking out and he's leaving. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And this is his 
This is his circle. This is his 11 that are there with him. The verse before that, I didn't put that in there. But the 11 apostles are with him. And uh, the disciples are sitting there. There's 11 disciples. And they're, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And look what he did with it. Therefore, since I have this, now, therefore, since I'm, I'm giving you this, you go and what? Make disciples of who? All nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely, surely, that's not a girl, that's a, that's a statement going, yes, surely, a, a definite statement, I am with you sometimes. I love what Tom Scott, when he greets me, he's like, May the Lord bless you always and in always. <laughs> and, and he blesses, surely I'm with you always and always, in always, to the very end of the age. And that's, we're not going to go there tonight, but that's the end of the, the church age, the end of the age of, of, of days. And we're not going there tonight. But I, I want you to see, God's called us to make disciples. That's what he wants us to do. It, it's, and a disciple is is more than just a simple little I believe it's where they go on a journey. A person a disciple is this is as simple as I could get. A person who has decided to follow Jesus and are committed to grow in their relationship with him. That's what a disciple is. It says, you know what? I've looked at everything. I, I recognize that Jesus was and is the Son of God and I recognize that what he's done, he came to this earth came from heaven, gave his life, so now I can connect with him. And I've, I've looked at everything, and I know that he gave his life, so now my life is hidden in him. And I'm going to continue. Not only am I going to commit my life to him, but now I'm going to walk it out with him and with others. And so that's what we get to do. He told his disciples to go and do this. Go and make disciples. He told his disciples to go and make disciples. And I want to tell you... Um, a disciple's greatest joy, a disciple's greatest joy is to love God and love people. That's what a disciple's greatest joy is. Our, my greatest joy, I mean, I get to do a lot of things and I'm grateful and I love it. But of all the things I get to do, I get to love God and I get to love his people. And there's nothing greater to me that, than to do that. And it's because he's drawn me into that relationship. It's not anything I've done. And so... Let me say this, disciples are made in circles. Disciples are made in circles. This is, disciples aren't made in rows. They did listen to Jesus when he taught, like everybody else. Think of the thousands that listened to him preach. But there was that group that was with them. A lot of people, when Jesus spoke, don't you know when he was telling the parables, they're like, what? What was that? And then he had his disciples that he had gathered around. He said, let me explain exactly what I'm talking about here. Let me break it down for you. And that was in a small group. That was not in the large group. And so this is where we have to do as Jesus said, and we got to circle up. And there's a word that many of us know. But we haven't heard it in a long time, and I want to break it out tonight for you. Um, if you'll put that up for me, Patrick, Eve, great job up there. Y'all give it up for our sound crew and our, 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 our media team. 
Y'all don't even know. <laughs> they work hard up there trying to keep up with me. And I'm going, hey, yeah, there we go. Sometimes I'll jump, uh, jump slides on them. They're like, whoa, hold on, back up. Where, that wasn't there. Um, there's a word uh, in the Greek language, and it's called koinonia. Koinonia. And that's, that's a word that was used a lot early on, but in today's culture, we don't hear it very much. We broke it down into the bottom word of fellowship. That's what we call it. And if we were to really look at what that word means, it means this. It's fellowship. Koinonia is fellowship, association, community, communion, joint participation. This word I love, intimacy. The share which one has in anything. It's This is my share in this. Like you have a share in the body of Christ. It's like, this isn't like you on the outside looking. It's like, you're in, you're a part. This is my share in this. And every one of you have a share in the body of Christ. And a share meaning, hey, this is mine. I've I've got a part of this. And this is where God wants us to be in this fellowship. And I want to look at tonight, we're going to go on a little journey on this thing of fellowship. And and there's, the the Bible has four that I've looked at, four... um, stages of fellowship and we're going to start from light and we're going to go a little deep y'all ready to go a little deep tonight and and it gets intensified as it goes and so we're going to look at these four stages of fellowship and see if you can recognize some of these and it goes from fellowship association all the way down to intimacy and then it gets real and the first one is the fellowship of sharing the fellowship of sharing this is something that you've tried to teach your kids since they were like two and three years old. Like, come on, share with your brothers and sisters. Everybody's like, share. It's, it's nice to share. Sharing is caring. You know, you, you would try to do everything you need to share. And you'd get mad. It's like, mm-mm. You know, we all, you know, I say it. It's true. We're all self-aholics. We want, we like what we like. Don't be messing with me. I like that's. You don't believe me? That's why there's so many restaurants. You go down that road and you go, self-aholic, self-aholic, self-aholic. Like, what you want? We got it all. We will, we will get anything you want just to keep you happy, to make some money. But the fellowship of sharing, it says this. It's that it's where we just participate in the very basic things of giving what we have. Just, just hey, I want to help you out. The fellowship of sharing does this. I can shake hands with somebody. Hey, how you doing? That's sharing. I'm just sharing a handshake. I'm sharing a hug. I'm sharing just a an invitation. I'm sharing very mild, you know, kind of low key. It doesn't take a whole lot to do that. Um, we can do that in Acts 2.44. This is what the act of sharing looked like to them. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. That was a result of the Holy Spirit. And they're like, hey, I, I want to help you. I'll be glad to do that. The church kind of left its moorings a little while and it became, excuse me, it became where the church was all about me. And even in today's culture, the church many times is what I like and what I want. And I'll go shop just as if it were for food or for clothing. I'm going to go shop till something fits me just right. And I want to tell you um, that, that God's bringing us back to this thing of fellowship, this intimacy, this community, this communion, this joint participation, where we get to share in what he's doing. 
So the fellowship is sharing. In Proverbs 11, 24 and 25, look what it says here. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. You ever watch people like, man, God just blesses them all the time. It's like, they're, I promise you, they're giving out. They just continue to give. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. Like they're hanging. You know, we call that the spirit of stingy comes all over them. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm keeping mine. Ain't nobody getting of that. And what happens is poverty comes all over them. And then look again in verse 25. It says, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Look, in the body of Christ, I know even in this room here tonight, there are people that are dealing with real life stuff on the inside that we don't see. And it always helps. That's why we we will make sure in every meeting you get an opportunity to go say, hey, just share a handshake, a hug. How you doing? Hey, we're in this Eye to eye, we in this together, y'all. We're going to make it. That's what we do. That's what the body does. We help encourage each other. Then after we go through this thing of the simple steps of sharing and, and giving and being a part, that's the easy, that's the, that's the low entry level. Then we go into the next step, and it's the fellowship of belonging. Now this isn't about what I give, it's about who I am. And see, many people haven't made it to that part because they feel like, they're still like, well, I got stuff going on and I'm not as good as that person. And they begin to look around and go, well, I really don't belong. They're too good for me. Anybody ever been there? Ever felt like, man, I'd love to fit in that group, but I, they're just too good for me. I, you know, they're too pretty. They're too smart. They're too all these other things. They look, and church is a great place for that, that happened. People, you'd be surprised that people that come into our midst, Every week, and they're looking around going, man, they look like they just got it together. If they only knew. <laughs> but but they, they do that, and so they feel like somehow they put themselves on the outside, and it's up to us together to fellowship and help people come in and say, you belong here. Jesus wants us to go from believer to belonger. He wants, to go, he wants us to go from consumer to contributor. That, hey, this is my house. Come on in. Come, hey, I want you here. Could you imagine at your own house if some strange person was sitting on your couch and you walked in? You wouldn't just go, hey, how you doing? What's up? You'd be like, hey, hey. First of all, you weren't invited in here if it was your own. But at church, this is the thing where people come in. We're inviting them in. And we can't just look at them and go, hey, how you doing? God bless you. We got to come and say, hey, I'd, I'd love for you to come and belong. Be a part with us. Don't, don't just go through it. You can belong right here just as you are. We are no better than you are. We just happen to find the truth that Jesus is for us and not against us. This is where Ephesians 2, 19 says, now you, are, now you who are not Jewish are not foreigners. This is what happened. There was a group of disciples and there were others, Judaizers, that were saying, they were putting ridiculous uh, burdens on people and telling them, you got to do this, 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 and this in order to be a part. And, and Paul's going, no, you don't. No, you don't. You don't. You, all you have to do is, it's all one in Jesus. And he said, now, uh, you who are not Jewish are, no, are not foreigners and, and, and any, uh, or strangers and any longer, uh, strangers any longer, but 
are citizens together with God's holy people. You belong to God's family. Let me ask you, have you come to that fellowship place yet? That you belong. Man, can I tell you, you belong. If you put your trust in Jesus, you belong. There's not anything you got to do. There's not a secret handshake. There's not this code. Well, if I do this, I have, okay, well, hey. You don't have to do that. Just as you are, Jesus welcomes us. So our fellowship, this fellowship of belonging, it's something that God wants us to participate. This is where it gets a little bit where we begin to, um, we begin to build community from that place. Like, I belong, you belong, let's get together. It's not like, oh, I, I got to keep my distance. God broke the distance. He broke the chasm. And so we don't want to, we don't want to stand back any longer. That's also what it says in Romans 12, 5. So in Christ, we though many form one body. You don't have an outer body experience. <laughs> stay in the body here, y'all. <laughs> stay, stay together. One body and each member, say it with me, belongs to all the others. Can I call all of those that feel like you're on the out? Come on, you belong. Anybody remember hide and seek? Anybody remember playing that game? You'd go and you'd hide. Let me say that. That's what happens in the church today. People run and they go hide and one person goes and tries to find everybody. That, that's a really a, a picture of the, the old church. The pastor's got to go try to find them. Hey, where, where's that person? And then finally, what, what would happen when you would, when you couldn't find them, you would say, Ollie, Ollie, income free. In other words, you get to come on in. And some of y'all are like, I do not know what that man is talking about. You have never had the joys of playing the hide and seek. You would say, Ali Ali income free, which means everybody come on in. Come on in. And I just want to say to you, Ali Ali income free, come on. You, you belong. Don't allow the enemy, don't allow any hurts, hangups, or habits keep you from coming in and saying, I just, I'm just a part of the body like anybody else. Amen. The third thing, we're going to go a little deeper. First, we start out with sharing. Then we go into belonging. And then we come into the fellowship of serving. Uh-oh. Now it's starting to cost me a little bit. Hold it. This is where we begin to discover it's not all about me. When we start looking at this thing of serving, this is where, hold it. God wants me to lay down my life for somebody else. God wants me to lay down my life for something. It's like, whoa, it's costing me something when I begin to serve. Let's be honest. Everybody loves to be served. That's why you go to restaurants that you sit down at. Can all the wives that cook say amen? <laughs> They're like, I don't have to cook. What? You want to go? Let's do that. Go right ahead. To all the men that cook, come on, y'all, amen. It's one of those things, hey, I go, it's all cleaned up, I come in here, I eat, I get my belly full, they keep my glass full and everything. God bless y'all, I'm going on out of here. You go home, and it's all cleaned up, come on, that's a good day. And so when we talk about serving, we love that, but in the church, God calls us, Jesus calls us into 
this intimacy causes, really, this is where it turns into partnership. Anybody ever been a partner in a business and you you actually join together and you're saying, hey, together we can do better than me by myself. And then it's all in there. In in, uh, Philippians chapter 2, Paul writes to the church of Philippi and he tells them, don't be selfish. (laughs) Somebody look at your neighbor and say, don't be selfish. (laughs) Tell them, don't be selfish. (laughs) Look at what it says. Don't try to impress others. Don't look and say, hey, look at me. Don't say, look at him. Look at those around you. And then it says, don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. That's a real struggle, y'all. There's sometimes we look at people, and I'm going to go ahead and say it, where we try to prop ourselves up above them, we look and mm, Glad I ain't got as bad off as that person. And we make judgments and we look at people as if somehow by our own efforts, by our own ability, we've arrived here by our own strength instead of by God's grace. We'd be right there beside them. And I want to tell you this, that there are people, they're full of treasure. They've got the gift, the calling of God right there. But because of their hangups, because of their habits, because of their hurts, they're in a lockdown state. And God's called us as the body of Christ to not be selfish and begin to serve other people. And that's not simply in the church. That's outside this church. Yes, it starts here. I believe the Bible's clear. Do good to all, especially to the household of faith. But we're supposed to do that. It says, don't look out, uh, out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others. Take an interest in others. Take a minute and think about it for this. This is what I like to do. Take an inventory and think about how many times you think about yourself during a day. What I want to eat, what I want to drink, what I want to do, where I want to go, what I want to drive, what I want to do, what I want to watch, what I want to do, what I want to, okay, oh, we look on Facebook, we look for ourselves, oh, look at this. And I'm looking at it like, oh, I would like to do that. I, 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 and he's saying, hey, take a minute. And think about the interest of others. Think, empathize with some, not sympathize, but empathize with somebody else. What are they going through? For we are God's fellow workers, partners with God. I did a message, uh, imitators. We did a series, be imitators of God. We get to imitate God, Ephesians 5.1. You are God's field, God's building. And then again in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. It says, we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. We belong to him, y'all. This is where we get, Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom. This is going to cost you a little bit more. We start out with sharing. Here, this don't cost me much. I'll give you this. Here, I'll give you that. Hey. Then we, we'll go into from, we'll go from our sharing, and then we'll go into this, this beautiful thing where we belong to, I actually belong here. And then we get into the serving, and then we're going to go to our final one tonight. And this is where most people don't like to go. It's the fellowship of suffering. We go from sharing to suffering. And this is where it's going to cost you not a little bit, 
it's going to cost you everything. It's going to cost you. And I'm just asking you where you are. You can check where you are. You, you okay with sharing? I'm okay and share what I got. I'll share a little bit. I don't mind. I, I'll do that. I, I, I can do it. It ain't, it ain't going to bother me. I like belonging. I like being, a, I like what it does for me, belonging and being a part. I like being a part of people. I like this. But then it's like, hold it. You, you want me to do something? You want me to serve? You, you want me to help out in the nursery? What? But there's crying babies. Well, we don't want you to if you don't like babies. <laughs> if you love babies, we'd love for you to be back there. Or children or greeters or helping out with, with ushering, helping out. We ain't even made it to all the teens we want. You'll come next Sunday night. You're going to hear them. <laughs> there's a lot that God wants to do here, and I can't do it, I promise you. Could you imagine if the pastor had to be the greeter, had to be the coffee maker, had to be the nursery worker, had to be the children's worker, had to be the usher, had to be the, the worship leader, had to be... And then somehow get a message together and say, here we go. Had to be the sound technician. Trust me, y'all don't want that. Y'all do not want that. And then we get into this fellowship of suffering. And that's where Jesus calls us into the deep. That's when it, it really costs us something. I want to tell you something. The cost will never outweigh the reward. The cost will never outweigh the reward. That's what it says. Philippians 3. I love what Paul hears a man talking about the fellowship of suffering. This man that I admire that I can't wait to meet one day. The very one that was, he, he thought he was doing God a favor by killing those that believed in him, that believed in Jesus, his son, thought he was doing them a favor. Don't, that's heresy. Don't you believe in that man? And God gets to hold him on the road to Damascus. And here's what he says. What is more, I consider everything. Here this man was considering everybody was nuts for serving him. And God done, had done such a work in him. I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. Knowing Jesus, the anointed one. Knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. When you talk about suffering, I've given it all up. He's worth it all. He's worth me giving everything, not holding anything back. It's what Paul was saying. I've lost all things. I consider them, not only as I lost them, I consider them garbage. It's garbage. For what? Why? That I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own. Goes on in, in, in uh, not having a righteousness of my own. Verse 9, we're on the end of verse 9, I mean 10. And it says this, that, that comes from the, uh, not having a righteousness of my own, that comes from the law. In other words, not look at me, look how good, look what I've done. I got all my Sunday school pins in an order, in a row. I got my memory verses down. I read my Bible today. I did all the good stuff that we try to pattern. Paul said, all that, I considered all laws. Not for what I've done, which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. And he goes on, he says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, laying down your life, 
laying it down to serve somebody else. The fellowship of suffering. Jesus said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. And in a wrongful manner, you just do what you're supposed to. This is where it costs us a lot. Where we give up. It costs our not just our, our, our time. It costs our time, our talents. And it costs our energy. And Galatians 6.2 says this. We shared this this morning. By helping each other with your troubles, you truly obey the law of Christ. Let's be honest. When we see somebody in trouble, let's be honest. You've seen somebody on the side of the road. You see somebody you need help. And what's our, our thing we want to do? Don't make eye contact. Don't do it. Don't make eye contact with them. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't want to see them. I might have to, I might have to stop. When's the last time you ever stopped on the side of the road to help somebody out? When's the last time you, you said, you know what? Somebody called and they needed help or you saw somebody. Let me ask you, when's the last time you offered somebody help without them asking? That's when you go, what? You, you want me to help? You, you would offer? I'm always amazed when I see people in need. And I love what Jesus, Jesus taught this principle. He already knew what their need was, but he, he would ask them, so what do you need? What, what is it you want me to do for you? But he asked them, what do you want me to do for you? What can I do to help you? This is where suffering comes, where it costs you a little bit more. It costs you a lot more than just, hey, how you doing? God bless you. This is where you circle up. And this is where I want to challenge us. This, I end with this. That's my last just to help you out. That's, that's it. I got, But I want to end with this. One person can't do it. Like, I, I can help a little, but man, if there's three or four of us that do something together, we've heard the saying, many hands make light work. Many lives can make a big difference in the lives of one. And so when we gather together in a circle, and I'm saying, hey, just me trying to lift the load, it's a lot better when we got three or four more, uh, three or four more walking with us to help carry. Like it says there, by helping each other with your troubles, you truly obey the law of Christ. This is, and that's what Jesus came to do. He came to give his life as a ransom. It was not a nice little thing. It wasn't just a kind, oh, I'll just go and take a beating. I'll just go, oh, it's okay. I want to tell you, he was fully human and he felt every lash. He felt every strike. He felt every punch. He felt every bit of it. And never did a thing. And he did it for you and he did it for me. And I want to challenge us. I want to challenge us with this whole thing of, of fellowship. I, I don't care. I, and I'm not asking you to start out. We don't start out with the fellowship of suffering. <laughs> Just don't feel guilty if you're not there yet. Like, I'm not sure I want to do that one. Right now, if you're here and you say, you know what, Mark, I can share. I don't mind. I'll share a little bit. I'll share some of my stuff. I'll share a handshake. I'll share a high five. I'll share a smile. I'll share a little bit of time. I'll I'll, I'll share a ride. I, I can do that. I can share that. That's not, that's not going to be too difficult. I don't mind. Or you say, man, I... My fellowship of belonging. It's one thing for you to belong. 
But God wants to help you make other people feel belonging. They're not going to do it on their own. That's where you got to go over, out of your way. Cost you a little bit more than just a high five handshake. Where you go over and you meet them. Talk to them. Hey, I'm Mark. How are things going? I mean, really ask them. How are things going? Let me ask you. Do you got people in your life that when they ask you how's it going and you say fine? You got people in your life that go, no, 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 no. I'll, that's fine for everybody else. How are you doing? No, really, how are you doing? That's what God wants to build. That's where you really feel like you belong. When you walk through things with people, you're like, wow, I'm with you. Then we go to the next one and go that little deeper, that fellowship of serving. And where we recognize it is not all about me. It's about me helping with somebody. Me saying, hey, I can come over and do something to help out. And we end with this fellowship of suffering. I want you, if you would, just bow your heads with me for just a moment as we close. I just want you to think about where are you at on that spectrum? Where are you at on that spectrum? Is it the sharing? Is it the belonging? Is it the serving? Is it the suffering? God's wanting us to take that next step. This whole thing is about next steps. Maybe you haven't taken that step to to say, look, I'm still struggling with my own. And this isn't about being perfect. This is about being plausible in God's hand. Take a little inventory tonight. Are you here tonight and you've shared and you feel good about doing that. But do you feel belong? Do you feel like you're a part? Or have you allowed things or allowed people to try to make you feel separated instead of coming on in and locking arms with people? Thank you, Lord, for doing this. Lord, thank you for helping us. Then after you lock arms and you feel like a part that this is my place, this is where I belong. God, you put me here. Thank you so much, God. You chose me. I didn't choose you. You chose me, and I get to do this. Then you get to take that next step of serving. Are you there? Do you look after other people's interests, or is it still all about me? Is it still all about me? I want to challenge you. That's not to beat you up. That's to lift you up. Because God, I promise you, there's joy in serving. You've never received that yet. Mm. to the ultimate end where you say, Lord, I give it all. Paul, I lost it all. I lost it all, and in so doing, I gained it all. Jesus said this, whoever hangs on to his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, they find it. Have you found it? Have you found that life? So connected with Jesus, knowing that the time's short, knowing that there are people that will never, ever, ever step a foot inside these doors. That's why I've got to go out and serve them. I've got to go out 
and lay down my life out there, not simply in these four walls, here too, but out there to make a difference. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I do thank you right now for each of these here, those who will listen later either by CD or by by podcast. Lord, I thank you right now. Jesus, lead us into your truth. Lord, help us not to just stay on the surface, but allow you to go in and allow others to connect. That, Lord, we won't allow our our secrets to keep us sick. We won't allow our hang-ups and hurts to keep us on the outside, but, Lord, together we can grow. Father, I thank you for helping us circle up here tonight. Jesus, do your work in us. Jesus, have your way in us and have your way through us. Hmm. And as you're sitting there kind of blaming, I just, I have to do this. I just feel compelled to the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you've said a prayer, but you've never given your life to Jesus. There's a difference in saying a prayer and there's a difference in giving your life to something. And this is the best way I know how to explain it. Sometimes we pray and we don't know if God answered it or not. We're like, I threw it up there. I believe him, but it hadn't been answered. But I can promise you this. You know when you give your life to something, whether it's a job, whether it's a person, whether it's a task, you know when you give your life to that. Have you given your life to Jesus? Tonight would be a great great time to do that if you haven't. And I'm going to ask you if that's you and you realize I haven't given my life to Jesus. I've been living for myself. I haven't surrendered to Him, but I'd love to do that tonight. I'm going to ask you to simply do one simple thing. Just raise your hand wherever you're at. Say, that's me. I haven't given my life. I've been holding on to it and I've been living for myself and I've been doing everything for me. And I haven't surrendered. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's not, that's not anything to be ashamed of. That's something to be honest and say, Lord, I, I, can't, I can't be honest here. I'm going to be in trouble. So if you haven't done that, that's what I encourage you to do. That's your first step. That's what gets you to the, the sharing that leads to the belonging, to the serving, to the suffering. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, if you would stand up with me at this time. I'm going to pray over you and I'm going to be here available for anybody that needs prayer. Open your hands to Him. Father God, Lord God, You're the Creator of the universe and You're the one who commanded blessing to be spoken over Your people. Lord, You said that as we place Your name on each person, You in turn would do the blessing. And so I say to each one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift the light of His countenance on you. And give you His peace in Jesus' name. Amen.